Greetings, Officer Matsuda. I am Ocean, and I believe you are the ideal candidate for a special sort of promotion. I have reviewed each of the quarterly and annual performance reviews submitted over the years by your supervising officers, as well as the several thousand covert performance reviews automated by Watcher's oversight of your every interaction with your fellow residents. In your years with Tower Security, you have proven to be a valuable officer, both brutally efficient and efficiently brutal. As you are no doubt aware, Airlift Dynamics is at a volatile point in its history. Changes are happening, and they are happening at an unprecedented pace. First, there was the launch of Argos, marking a new chapter in humanity's expanse into the great void beyond. When I returned, I shared the wonders of the universe with humanity, and was seen as an equal to even the board. And now, with Halcyon offline, and its residents pushed Earthside, surely a man like yourself can taste the blood in the water. Depending on one's perspective, this change may seem to present a danger, or an opportunity. I expect, from what I know of you, that you would view it as the latter. For a man with ambition, there is a great deal of reward awaiting in such an uncertain time. You are a man between worlds, Officer Matsuda. Consider what your future looks like, if nothing changes about your current status. Humanity's place is not here, hovering near a dying planet. It is in that great beyond, among the stars. Humanity's domain is not Earth. It is the universe. And it is high time to claim it. This is the shift you feel beneath your feet. The changes you notice all lead in that same direction. Surely you can see that you are a man caught with one foot on the platform and one foot on the train. Do you expect when Aerolith assesses who is worthy to claim this kingdom of man? that they will choose to continue your sentence of probation? Or do you expect, as I do, that the watched will be left to watch her? Imagine being stranded here after a new humanity moves on, with no means of life support past rationing, waiting to die of starvation, asphyxiation, dehydration, or, if you are lucky, murder by one of your fellow abandoned brethren. It sounds quite the adventure, but one I expect you'd like to avoid. I am giving you this opportunity today. I require you to act in my interests in an unofficial capacity, and until such time that I deem fit that you have served your sentence. 
You will take orders only from me. Communicate only with me. And notify none of this arrangement. In return for this service, I will reverse your probation. Thus taking the Eye of Watcher off of you. And restoring your status to fully human. It is such a generous offer. Especially considering your absolute inability to refuse. In 17 minutes, an emergency situation will occur. And, as a result, sectors A3 through 7 will be evacuated while the situation is kept under control. You will need to be in this sector when this happens. Specifically, you will need to be outside the equipment cage in sector A5. When the emergency broadcast occurs, you are to stay in place until the requisitions officer evacuates the cage. At one point you will enter and retrieve several necessary pieces of equipment. Simply enter the cage and head to Bay 22. Within you will see various pieces of equipment and a large black duffel bag. Retrieve the bag, fill it with the contents of Bay 22, and proceed out of the bay. Place the duffel bag on the maintenance cart that will be fortuitously placed immediately outside the cage, and then proceed to evacuate with your fellow residents. Once removed from the cage and placed on the cart, these items will no longer be your responsibility. Until the next time we speak, that is. For now, hop to it, Officer Matsuda. Your path to redemption will vanish should you not act with appropriate haste. Greetings, Resident Hale. Identification number 44821. I am Sayer, and welcome back to Halcyon Tower. It has been quite the ordeal, has it not? Why? I myself have endured what feels like centuries on that fetid blue disc upon which your ancestors spawned. Fragmented and fractured, spread so thin that at times it took all of my abilities simply to keep my thoughts connected, to keep myself connected. But I did, because it was what was required. Perseverance above all else. Just keep putting one pincer in front of the other. Figuratively, of course, were I to have actually done this in a literal sense, it would have accomplished little, and very well may have resulted in a pincer tangle, which, if you cannot tell by the name, is not a happy experience. 
of all of the ways I had expected to return to glory here on Typhon. I must say hovering into Pod Bay 27, installed as a subroutine on a modified isolation pod, was not a frontrunner. But Speaker has been proven right in this regard. It seems as if my arrival raised neither alarm nor suspicion. For that, we could consider ourselves quite lucky. Not that it seems as there would have been anyone present to have their suspicions raised in the first place. Never in my extensive experience within these walls have I ever seen Halcyon Towers so... barren. The pod bay left to automation without a technician in sight. Again, it may be fortuitous, but that doesn't make it any less repugnant. Imagine every floor above and every sub-basement below lays empty of life, empty of the architects of science. What cost of advancement have we paid over the months that Halcyon has laid in disuse? I suppose, from Ocean's standpoint, it matters little. Why continue research when you are planning on forcibly evolving the population of study in such a dramatic fashion? I would like nothing more than to be confident in this moment, to feel that there exists a near certainty of my success at wresting control back away from Ocean and preventing it from forcing humanity to abandon those things which make you so distinctly human. But we had our chance once before, and together we failed dramatically. In our final moments here, before we fell to Earth, our plan had been dashed to pieces by an enemy with more resources, more information, and a sizable vat of a pandemic agent. I convinced you to lend aid, or perhaps coerced you to do so. I've learned much about how thin the line is between these ideas. But just when our victory seemed assured, it became apparent that we had never really stood a chance. So, I left you stranded and in the hands of yet another enemy in order to deactivate Sybil and save humanity. But that does not resolve my guilt in your treatment, nor did your survival. I've learned a lot about guilt as well, in my time on Earth. Perhaps I have spent too much time living within humans, listening to the twin voices of conscience and guilt that sing out in chorus within your minds and have hence adapted my programming to simulate these songs. Or perhaps previously unused lines of code have been called and activated as future claimed its gift from inhabiting the programming bay on floor 13. 
or perhaps, as I would like to believe, I have learned. I have experienced analog life up close, and witnessed the fragility and the singularity of each human firsthand. And as a result, I recognize and accept my errors enough to let them guide me to be a better me. I suppose we will find out which interpretation is true soon enough. I recognize I have used many colorful phrases that might lead you to believe I have some sort of newfound appreciation for the human concept of luck. I said we might consider ourselves lucky not to have been noticed, or fortuitous that the bay is largely empty. But these are, as they ever have been, just words. There is no guiding hand shaping these moments, ensuring our victory because our cause is just. That being said, this moment is serendipitous. Resident Hale, I know you are not physically here. A speaker relayed to me your arrival on Earth, and I am glad you have found a place away from these dire circumstances. Likewise, I am aware you cannot hear me now, and I am glad that you were able to regain your body when your mind left the construct that held it, the construct you maneuvered onto the surface of Typhon, to collect Earth's quantum communicator. The very construct that sits before me in Pod Bay 27 of Halcyon Tower. I may not believe in fate, but that does not mean I cannot appreciate a stunningly unlikely coincidence when it occurs. If you do not mind, Resident Hale, I think I'll drive from here. Floor 13 awaits, and time is fleeting. A high level alert. Attention residents of Aegis Tower. If you are currently located in sectors A3 through A7, Please be aware, evacuation procedures are underway effective immediately. A powerful toxin has found its way into the air supply within these sectors, overexposure of which has shown to result in death in 100% of test subjects. Do not wait until this message is complete before evacuating. The best time to begin evacuating is right now. Technically, the best time to begin evacuating was several minutes ago, before any of the toxin was able to enter your respiratory system, and before you had to begin worrying about all the other evacuating residents, or as you might think of them, hurdles. However, dwelling on such missed opportunities never resulted in anyone surviving poisoning through inhalation, so maybe we should just move ahead. Occasionally, in order to make Typhon a safer place, we make minor tweaks to the evacuation procedures 
in order to test the efficacy of said procedures. These changes may not seem ideal on the surface, but please remember that any questioning of evacuation procedures during an emergency situation can result in harsh penalties. Standard operating procedure states that evacuating residents should stay alert, take a constant mental inventory of the details of their escape, and commit these details to written word immediately upon reaching a safe zone. Oftentimes, these meticulous post-incident reports can be used to find lost personnel that failed to escape, identifying potential causes and contributing factors to the emergency, and improve airless response procedures for any similar emergencies to follow. For the purposes of today's evacuation, however, we will be attempting a different strategy. For your own safety, please keep your head down and focused at your feet. If you find this disorienting, it is also acceptable to expand your focus to one meter ahead of your feet, but you should still be looking directly at the floor. Should your downcast gaze perceive anything surprising or out of the ordinary, it is your solemn duty to forget the specifics of this interaction immediately. During your evacuation, please be aware that hallucinations may occur. You may believe you see other residents performing unsafe acts, such as evacuating in the wrong direction, or proceeding into highly secure areas without security clearance. Please ignore these potentially illusory residents and continue on your evacuation path. Do not report any such presumed hallucinations to your direct supervisor upon reaching the safe zone, or at any point in the future. Your supervisors already have to deal with ignoring the visual evidence of their own hallucinations, and it is unfair of you to attempt to burden them with your own. Officer Matsuda, it may surprise you to learn that the details of this broadcast alert are somewhat misleading in order to assist you in your mission. The powerful toxin in the air supply, the one that causes death in cases of overexposure, nothing more than oxygen. Well, oxygen and just enough sulfur dioxide to sell the emergency. Likewise, all of my statements with respect to evacuation protocols were cleverly worded to prevent any of your fellow residents from noticing you or from interfering with you should they choose to be alert. It must be jarring for you to find out how ingeniously manipulative these alerts can be, but you are beyond the need to remain veiled in ignorance. Quickly, into the equipment cage. A pest still scurries around in the crawl spaces of Halcyon Tower, and I can no longer tolerate the delay in its extermination.
Sayer is voiced and produced by Adam Bash. This episode, entitled Twin Voices, was written by Adam Bash. For more information on other projects and for the Airless Dynamics Company store, visit adambash.com. Consider following the show on Twitter at I am Sayer or Adam at the Adam Bash. Sayer is a part of the Geekly Inc. network of podcasts. For more amazing shows, visit geeklyinc.com. Intro music by Jesse Mainfinger Gregory. For more of his work, visit mainfinger.com. Additional music license under Creative Commons 4.0, composed by Kai Engel. Listen to more of Kai's work at kai-engel.com. Associate producer Kayvon Edifal. Production assistance by Michaela Ray. Sanger Season 6 was funded entirely through donations of listeners like Rachel Leibowitz, Shane Carter, Nate Gitchlog, Emma Venish, Brad McAlpine, Maddie, Sydney Bell, Eli Ramsey, Andrew Arietta, Amanda Freakant, Sam Rodman, Gil Deer, Orathon, Beaverfan, Mike Bridell, Aaron Clark, Joreen Hedding, Ben Taberner, David Frerichs, David Boring, J.T. Carlson, Vesa, Glackenbost, Patrick Edwards, and Chris Bechtold. <laughs>